Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The coterie questioned William Walker about selling his blood. Evangeline expressed her distaste for using threats of violence to interrogate mortals. Val, realizing that morning was near, brought Walker back to the station. Doris compelled Will to sleep after he accused her of being a fake and Everett learned that Ridley could take Harvey's place in serving Tostarosa. What will the Coterie learn from the therapist buying Walker's blood? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. You are all on the way to Be Positive Therapy, run by the person of interest and prime suspect in your case, Rosemary Bellevue. Now, you have a history of traveling, most recently in two vehicles, so I'm imagining that might be repeated because Evangeline's been driving her car and Val, you've been driving the newly upgraded and badass Cherry, though Cherry looks the same. Uh, who would ride with who? Doris, what trunk are you feeling like journeying in today? Oh, I think she travels in Val's trunk. <laughs> Fabulous. Mm-hmm. With the guns, keeping it nice and standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody have anything to say to each other or over the radio? You are on your way to whether it's talk to, apprehend. You haven't exactly decided your game plan once you arrive at Be Positive Therapy. Uh, and I'm with them at this point? I've, yes, you, you've, they you've joined, the, lot joined the convoy them, yeah. and, and headed <laughs> out. You're, you're en route. We've jumped, you know, five minutes. I also, mean, you can Everett join just had... Val. I'm, I can drive alone, I guess. <laughs> I'll join you. That's fine. I just wasn't <laughs> sure if I was even part of this conversation. Oh, yes, yes. You are in... We have time jumped a little bit, so okay. everyone is heading over. And the other three of you, not Everett, are aware that he just had a conversation with Alabaster Kane. Yeah, I'll ride with Evangeline. Okay. Perfect. So uh, what was that about? Uh, well, I asked for uh, Alabaster Kane's services to help me figure out this contract law that Harv's got himself all mixed up in. Uh, in addition to that, Seeing if there were any kind of legal, you know, within the laws of the Camarilla, legal uh, alternatives to this blood shortage, excuse me, blood shortage we've got going on. And he talked to me about indulgences, and I'm not really interested in going down that route. Indulgences. Uh, Yeah, okay. I get that from, like, a religious perspective. But, like, what is... What does that mean here? It's basically the same, except with people's blood. 
Wait, so like vampire wait wait so vampires just get to like kill can you just spell it out for me yeah no you got it vampires get to kill people and we just let it happen because they're hungry uh i'm not really interested in doing that wait wait wait. can people get indulgences in new haven yeah people in new haven can get indulgences but it's for hunting outside of new haven okay can people outside like can kindred outside of New Haven get indulgences to hunt in here? They don't apparently need them. We've been under attack for the past week and a half, kind of off and on. It's just people do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. Feels like we're playing with our hand tied behind our back sometimes. We got all these rules and the Neo Note Nostra just come in here and do whatever they want. Cult of Lilith show up and Start turning folks feral. Yeah. Well, anyway. And, and, and Vandy just shudders just to think of like yeah. the implications of that. Anyway, I, we're not going to let people hunt outside of New Haven. We, okay, good, good. We have so little control over what's going on in this town already. No sense in sending that chaos out outside our borders where we have even less authority. Keep even less tabs on people. Yeah. And we're going to be leaving soon, too. Go chat with the Neo Note Nostra ourselves. It, Val, you I'll, said you were coming over the radio? Yeah. Because Val, Val doesn't know this conversation, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it doesn't have to be at a convenient time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we all going in the front, or should we go around back? What's uh, the plan, Sheriff? Let's keep one in the back. Uh, I think it's best if we go in and arrest Rosemary and bring her back for questioning back to the the station. We've got, we've got a confession from one person already. That's where the money's coming from. I think we're within our rights to bring her into the station for questioning. That way it's on our turf. We don't have any unexpected surprises there at her office or anything like that. We question her. We need to come back to investigate. We can do that. All right, then. I'll just meet you uh, at the place. Over and out. Over and out. <laughs> Doris, is there anything you're yelling from the trunk on this journey? <laughs> I think she's I think she's really kind of focused on um, Alabaster Kane. And I think uh, occasionally Val will just hear things like... Um, I think it'd be rather convenient to just kind of travel around in a giant box. I was once carried in a box between countries. It was actually rather comfortable. It just makes an entrance, you know what I mean? Val? <laughs> what? Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> You'll have to try up. it sometime. <laughs> So what's, what are you turning up on the radio to end this conversation, Val? Because we've discovered that's your strategy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I almost feel like I need to make a roll to see if I can figure out how to use the damn radio. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, I think at this point it's composure and technology simply because you're trying to keep it together with yeah. Doris bothering you from the trunk. That bothering? 
<laughs> Pleasant conversation, thank you. I think both things are true from different points of view. <laughs> yes. It's just one For, success. If it was me driving, I'd be thrilled to talk to Doris. Um, <laughs> one success. Uh, you do change it, but to something random. What randomly pops up? Um, I think now it's classical music. Yes. Just all... <laughs> Oh, you're you're that turned it up, then turned it back down, and now great. I have to listen to Doris. <laughs> Doris, you've lived the longest of yeah. this coterie, mm-hmm. and undoubtedly have experienced classical music in the past. Do mm-hmm. you recognize this song? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And is is there a story related? Does it bring a memory? Is there something you want to share with Val about this particular piece of music? <laughs> um. One time, I did a reading for uh, Mozart's younger brother. Not everybody knows he has a younger brother. But I like to think, when I drew the card, that he went back and influenced this piece of music. It's very pretty, don't you think? I drew a rabbit. It just kind of hops along like they hop along from the notes. Did you know he had a brother? (laughs) Val? No, Doris. <laughs> I think it's prob- it's it's nice to be properly well-rounded on musical education. He's a bit of a scamp, though, his brother. <coughs> Tried to leave without pain, so I had to bite him. God, are we here yet? <laughs> Just... Now, Vivaldi, on the other hand, and it just like trails off. <laughs> uh, I was wondering how long that was going to go. I wasn't going to cut that scene for any <laughs> amount of money. Um, so you you all pull up at B Positive Therapy. Uh, it's at the corner of two streets. It's a, a small, looks like a converted garage that used to deal with a lot of vehicles. Uh, however, it's got a big bright sign out front that says B Positive Therapy with a smiling moon giving a thumbs up. Off to the side, clearly it's a vampire-friendly business because most places would do sun logos, but this is moon because <laughs> people know New Haven. Uh, and the drive here, you, you're you at the edge of the Malkavian District. Uh, it's close to the center of town, a few blocks south from DeSantis General Hospital. Uh, the neighborhoods of the Malkavian District are a little unpredictable and a little random. Each quarter has their own vibe. Uh, and the Malkavians, a lot of people have just leaned into the eccentricities of the Malkavians themselves. So it's just vastly different buildings from building to building, all kind of converted in their own strange ways. Uh, and this one has almost a schoolhouse vibe. It looks like the sign is hand-painted out front. It seems very welcoming. The yard is very well-maintained, even though the building itself is clearly older and has been shifted around to new purpose. Uh, It is also a large yard that extends fully around it. So you're looking at a sidewalk leading up to this garage, and it has its own yard that extends in an L behind it. So there are no kind of neighboring houses you have to worry about. If you're looking to move around it, you could literally drive up onto the lawn. You would mess it up. It is a very nice lawn, but that's a decision you can make. Uh, You're not seeing anything that would worry you in terms of like complicating surrounding the building or getting someone out of it. And you see a sign on the door that just hangs that says open with a smiling moon on it. All right, I got an idea here. Let me know what you think. Val, I think you should go around the back because if, if she's going to run on us out the back door, I think you've got what it takes to tackle her down and make the arrest. Uh, Officer Barbara, I think you should wait out here in the front in case she tries to go out the front. I think you can lock her down with some of your, you know, 
magic, that kind of thing, order her to stop the way we can't order her to stop. Hmm. Uh, and uh, Officer Clark, I think you and I should go in and make the arrest. If there's other patients there and things like that, I'd like you to take the lead on calming them down and talking to them. We're just making a routine arrest here, that kind of thing. You're, you're good with folk like that, and I think it's uh, uh, going to be playing to your strengths. Hopefully an uneventful arrest today. Does that sound good to everyone? It makes sense to me. Got it, sure. Should, should we should we ar- arrest her like in front of them or just like say that we're taking her for questioning and make the arrest outside? Like, I don't know, for people to see like their therapist and someone they trust being arrested, if for some reason she's not to blame, that could like cause a real problem. Yeah, all right. We'll take it. We'll take her out for questioning and then make the arrest. That that's fair. I suppose hadn't thought of that. Uh, all right, Officer Barber, we're going to be bringing her back out here to the front and making the arrest. Maybe you can help us out with that uh, once we bring her out to the front. I'd be here. All right, Officer Clark. If she gets rowdy in there or, or uncooperative, we're arresting her right there on the spot. Yeah, of course. I just yeah. Right, just make sure just, you and I are on the same page. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm All ready. right, Officer Miller, remember, she's mortal, so get her, but, you know, don't get her. Yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Everett's ready to go in with, with Evangeline. <sighs> Great, Val, you go around back. You see mm-hmm. it's a well-manicured lawn. Uh, it doesn't have any of the things that you would expect from an old mechanic shop. There's nothing rusting. There's no dumpster. It's all been a very kind of cleaned up, well-maintained. There's a a, what is a picnic table. That's the term. Uh, mm-hmm. Painted rather nicely that's sitting out back. Nobody's sitting there currently. But if you want a seat, you know, you just take a seat at the, the picnic table. It's clearly a space for people to, to chill, maybe calm down after or before sessions. Uh, that's what's there. Out front, Doris. You're just there, you know. You get you get to to stand. I it's it's a street corner in a relatively residential neighborhood. There's nothing she's, too exciting going on. She's humming the Mozart piece. Ah, <laughs> oh, perfect. It's important to know how the rabbits affected it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> that Everett and Evangeline, you head inside. Uh, when you open the door, there's a little bell that jangles, and you find yourself in a a long hallway-ish room. To the right side, you can see what would have been windows looking into the mechanic shop that are nearly floor to ceiling. However, they've been painted over with murals uh, that are of varying and random quality. You see some amazing pieces of art, of vampires, of celebrities. Then you also see hand-drawn paintings that you can't quite make out. You can see stuff that was probably done by children closer to the floor. It's clearly hand-painted and designed to make the interior space much more secure and less visible. There are two people just sitting in chairs, just a, a, a man and a woman, as far as you can tell, you know, femme and mask presenting. Uh, they look a little nervous when the sheriff uh, and an officer come in. They do not say anything. Uh, if you had to guess one of them, you believe uh, the mask presenting individual is a vampire, whereas the other is mortal. Uh, and the door to the right is clearly the door to the session room. Um, it does not have, it's got a little sign on it. It says, uh, it says nothing right now, uh, but it's easily flipped over in the okay. style of kind of those like open, open closed, closed signs, right. only it's on the interior door. Right now it's blank. Okay. And there's no like greeter or secretary for anything nothing like that? like that. No, no. receptionist? Just okay, the great. waiting room. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll approach the door and 
try to open it and walk in. It is Evangel- unlocked. Evangeline oh. just puts her hand on Everett's arm, just like, we, we, like, come on, there's like privacy issues here. And Evangeline knocks. Uh, and you just hear a voice <laughs> inside that says, it's not time yet, Stephen. Everett looks at Evangeline like, well, open it now. They've stopped talking. <sighs> opens the door, goes in. Uh, what What do I see as I'm walking through? Inside, you see a massive therapist's office. This is the interior of what would have been the machine shop. The hoists have been removed, but the markings on the floor are still there. It's been cleaned up. You can see the remnants of some stains on concrete towards the edges of the room, what you would have had from the traditional looking-after-cars kind of space. But laminate flooring has been laid out across the center of the room, giving most of it a homier feel. There's a couch... The classic leather, you know, comfortable. It's got the little wooden studs, very Freudian. There are some chairs. It's clear people can either stand, they can lay down, they can sit, whatever they're feeling in this therapeutic environment. There are a lot of plants and flowers around to try to make it a welcoming space. Uh, And behind a wooden desk, you see a woman standing. She is about five foot seven with burgundy hair. She's got blue eyes with a soft, uh, a soft face and a generally soft kind of welcoming frame. Uh, she's wearing a casual formal jacket over black slacks. Just not full business, but just upscale comfortable. Uh, she looks up at you and says, you are not Stephen. Do you need to schedule a session? How can I help you? Well, that's correct. Uh, we are not Stephen. Uh, Rosemary Bellevue, uh, I'm, I'm Sheriff Everett Fry. This is Officer Evangeline Clark. Uh, Officer Clark, why don't you let Miss Bellevue she'll, know? She'll why approach we're here. to shake hands. She, this is just a, a welcome for her. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take her hand and shake it. Uh, and then I will go and just quickly shut the door uh, just so we can have this brief conversation privately before heading out with her. Great. Do you need to consult on something? Are one of your officers struggling? How can I help you here at Be Positive Therapy? Miss um, Bellevue, I'm sorry. It's not that kind of uh, a thing. Um, we actually need to take you in for questioning. What's this regarding? But I've, I can't tell you anything about any of my clients, no matter what no, they've done, unless it's going to be a crime. We have evidence that you've been buying blood Oh. From mortals. But I'm mortal. Why would I need blood? We're going to have to have the rest of this conversation. Yeah, at the station. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to clear this up. Uh, Do we have... She holds her her wrists out together. Like, do we have to do the cuffs thing? I don't know the rules. That uh, won't be necessary at this time. If you'll just follow us out, if there's no trouble from you, then that'll be fine. Okay, great. Uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she'll just follow you at the door and look to the two individuals in the, the space and say, I'm going to have to reschedule with you today. There are some people that I have to help with. Stephen, I know you're very worried about things being on time. And this is my fault, not your fault. It's not that you had to be here earlier. And there's one guy just breathing pretty heavy, just nodding dealing with that. Uh, and then she reaches over and just says, we'll, we'll, we'll find what you need. Don't worry about it. And she just kind of, you know, tidies up some loose flowers in a vase on the window. And then she's ready to go with you. All right. Yep. Uh, then I think with uh, me in front and Evangeline behind uh, Rosemary, we, we walk 
single file out to the car, out to the front. She is she's doing what she's told. All right. Uh, then I think if she's being cooperative, we don't actually need to put cuffs on her. We can put her in the back of the squad car, though. Yep, she'll she will climb in uh, nervously. Obviously, this is a bit of a surprise for her, um, but keeping it together pretty well. Great. I'll radio for Val to come around, and we can head to the station. Super. You all head back. Greetings, children of the night. It is I, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. I used to host the blood and syrup, but now I spend all of my time in the Dum Dums and Dragons Patreon. Yes, for just the cost of one dollar, one, ah, ah, ah. You can join the Patreon, get into the Discord, and talk to other fans about everything that's happening in your favorite shows. Alternatively, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds. You can add names and locations to the shows, or at the $25 level, you can even create your own NPC of darkness, or light, or whatever various lighting solution you want. You create your character, and they appear in one of our shows, causing all forms of shenanigans, and your name ends up in the credits. It's a pretty sweet deal. In any case, join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, ah, ah. Spooky. Everett and Evangeline, you are in the vehicle with Rosemary Bellevue in the back. She's not talking, uh, but she's present. Is there anything you would say to her or each other along the way, or are you just waiting until you get to the station? I think Everett would be inclined to wait. Yeah, Evangeline, too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Quiet, quiet drive, then. Yep. Luckily, it's not too long, because New Haven is not too big. Uh, <laughs> you get back to the station, uh, you all climb out. She follows you in. Uh, are you planning on taking her to one of the cells? Are you planning on putting her in the interrogation room for conversation? What Are, are you just going to talk in the open space? It's, it's really up to you. I think interrogation room makes the most sense. Great. Yeah. You open the door to the interrogation room and realize it's still set up as a meeting space. So there's a table that needs to be folded and removed for it to look like the classic police interrogation room. <laughs> Val, I'm imagining you do that. Yeah, yeah. Instantly, Val sees that and is, oh, hold up the table, do the stupid stuff. It's okay. Take your time, says Rosemary Bellevue. Whatever you need, I'm I'm here to help. Oh, that's just annoying Val more. <laughs> so the room is prepped. Rosemary Bellevue can get brought inside. We're talking the small room. You know there is two-way mirrored glass into Barty's office. So if there's anybody who wants to observe but not directly participate, that is an option. There's also more than enough space to have four of you in here comfortably without it feeling like you're all looming over somebody and, like, scaring the shit out of them. Unless you want to take a step forwards, then you could do that. I'm never going right. to be in a world where <laughs> Val can't intimidate people. Um she she's seated down. There is a smaller table. She's got a chair. The classic single overhead uh, lamp. Who's going in for this interrogation? Is anybody watching? Or are you all going in? I mean, I would invite everyone to come in Hell for yeah. this, just yeah. so we can all, like we all we all questioned the other guy together. Yeah. Uh, was that William? Yeah, William. William Walker. Mm -hmm. William yes. Walker. Yeah, uh, and that got pretty decent results. So uh, yeah, don't uh, fix it if it ain't broke. Great. <laughs> Rosemary Bellevue is seated in front of you. 
Unless anyone is objecting to the idea of participating, you are all in the room. Oh, no. We're there. Definitely. Definitely need to be there. The room is yours. The interrogation is yours. Uh, Ms. Bellevue, thank you for coming down to the station with us today. Uh, we'd like to talk to you about um, your involvement in the purchasing, the illegal, illegal purchasing of, of blood. Okay. Um, just a question, because I don't really know how this works with vampires. Do I get a phone call or a lawyer or any of that? Like, if I say I want a lawyer, what happens? Everett glances at Val. <laughs> if Val is standing in front of the door, leaning against the door with her arms crossed, and she just tilts her head until her neck cracks, and that's it. <laughs> Everett turns back and says, I'm afraid that uh, the laws of the Camarilla are somewhat different from the laws of regular mortal folk. It, it's all part and parcel of living in New Haven. Okay, so I got to answer the questions or you'll kill me? Honestly, no. a lot of, some of this is no, fear-based no, and no, some of this no, is no. curiosity-based. Uh, I'm mortal. I don't know your laws. Your laws sound terrifying. She's uh, terrifying. And she just oh. points at Val. That she is. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Bellevue, we're not going to kill you. Oh, but is there anything? absolutely do need to know what's happening. Is there anything you'd like to just start off by telling us about your involvement in this? That would be easiest. I'm I'm not sure why I'm here. I mean, William is a client of mine, and he is prone to delusions, uh, claiming that he is a vampire, but she does pretty publicly, which is why I'm willing to talk about it. I'm sure he tried to convince you he was a vampire, probably asked you to turn him into a vampire, and he'll probably be announcing on the podcast coming up that you all agreed to turn him into a vampire and that that'll be happening soon. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he's pretty upfront about trying to be a vampire. Miss Bellevue, uh, we never mentioned William Walker. Oh! Yeah, yeah, but I, I heard about, I heard about his arrest. Please don't lie, Miss Bellevue. Well, I did hear about his arrest from his neighbors, but... Okay. Uh, now, he may be delusional, but the cash he had on hand was not. It was real, and it came from somewhere, and he says it came from you. He says you paid him for his blood. I don't make that much money as a therapist to get blood. Unless he's selling his, what does he think he, how much money was it? And I think at Rosemary like dodging all the questions so far. I was like responding with her own questions and things like that. Everett looks to, uh, I think Evangeline, uh, uh, just for like one last ditch at like trying to keep this civilized before we start exploring other methods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if it, <laughs> no, this, no, this, she's, she's too, she's dodging too much. It's, <laughs> Evangeline just kind of narrows her eyes a little bit and just ever so slightly shakes her head. Miss Bellevue, I'm going to give you one last chance to come clean before we start dipping into some of this Camarilla stuff that you don't know a lot about and you're going to come to learn if you don't cooperate with us and become more forthright with information. Oh, so you don't kill people, it's just torture. I mean, torture is actually quite ineffective at getting the answers that you want. Uh, torture of the body, at least. 
Yeah, torture of the mind is also very ineffective, as we've discovered through sleep deprivation studies and other things. Torture just generally doesn't work. You just get to hear what you want. So I don't know what you want to hear, but let's Doris find out. Doris just kind of slowly smiles at that. <laughs> I, I don't know what you want me to tell you, but I don't know it. Why would he? Why would William name you as the buyer? I don't know. You'd have to ask William. Were you no, scaring no, no, no. him? Were you I'm menacing asking, him like you're menacing me? I'm asking you. You know the workings of his mind. You're his therapist. Why would he name you? I'm a, an important figure in his life. Some people have a significant attachment to their therapist or think of their therapist in times of duress. Was he under duress when you were questioning him? You said you're an important figure in his life. Does he have anyone else in his life? His mother. His mother lives in New Haven? I actually don't know the answer to that question. We've only discussed her historically. In what capacity? I mean, it's his mother and I'm his therapist. If if he didn't have issues with his mother, he wouldn't be human. <laughs> Miss Bellevue, if we searched be positive from top to bottom, would we find anything unbecoming? No. You could all perhaps roll a oh, yes. uh, wits and awareness or oh, yes. I... I would also accept uh, investigation from Everett as that is very much his interviewing suspect skill. Uh, Evangeline, I would say you still have to live in the world of wits. You haven't done enough yeah. interrogations for your investigation to carry over. Absolutely. But the die pool would change if you were trying to math out all of the facts you've been told. Three successes. One. Just one from Val. I rolled eight dice and shit the bed on all of them but two. Two oh. successes. That's it. Evangeline and Val, you can't tell if that's the truth or not. Mm -hmm. uh, Everett, it seems like she she's confident-ish, but it's almost at odds with her general nervousness about this situation. Doris, uh, you feel like this is somehow both true and a lie. You're not sure how, but there's something more going on right now than just an interrogation. Interesting. Um... Like, related to that specific question or just in general? Uh, you, you almost feel like there's a possibility she has an agenda in this room and you're not sure what it is. But huh. it's not just her answering questions or, like, dodging questions. She's actively trying to do something. Interesting. And I can't sense any, like, I know that we have established that she's immortal, but there's no weird things going on here. You're not sensing, I mean, you're not okay. sensing anything off the top. You could sit there and kind of do a more in-depth thing. I think you've got like an awareness ability that you could activate if you think there might be some magic involved or something. Do you have aspects or something like that? Oh, sense the unseen. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. So if you wanted to kind of sit there and focus for a minute, you could try to see if there was something unseen going on. Uh, Yeah, actually I would. Great. So... We'll do that, and the other, yeah, the rest of you get a little more interrogation time as Doris starts to focus and goes uncharacteristically quiet for a moment in any <laughs> conversation. And that's so it's three dice. Uh, that's uh, two successes. Two successes. Okay, we will come back to that in a moment because okay. there will have been beats while you're sensing. So, so what you saw was just Doris ask that question, then she responds, and then Doris just kind of stares at her and just kind of tilts her head and goes really quiet for a second. <laughs> um, 
I think uh, Everett will fire off a couple more uh, sort of innocuous questions just to get a better sense of what this back and forth is about. Because it seems like every question we ask is answered with another question. And it's beginning to dawn on Everett that just like we shouldn't be answering her questions, she should be answering ours. Um, so he would say, um, do you find you have uh, a lot of clients like William? Similar uh, uh, problems as William? All of my clients are generally struggling with the normal mental health needs of people in any sort of society, but also the existence of vampires really throws a number of people for a loop who may have already been struggling with anxiety or paranoia on the mortal side of things uh, in that, what does this mean about an afterlife? They're going to die, but their neighbor isn't dealing with people who are functionally apex predators on an ongoing basis in terms of personal interactions. Uh, that tends to carry over more. Not as many people have William's obsession with vampirism or being a vampire or his sometimes strange beliefs about that I'm sure he shared that he like doesn't believe in working out because it slows you down. There's a number of beliefs he has that are just, uh, let's say, fascinating. Uh, but I also deal with a lot of kindred. Malkavians uh, have dealt with their clan bane for a very long time and have only begun trying to treat that through more advanced mental health techniques as opposed to accepting it simply as a curse that can't be lived with. So some of William's issues, yes, others, no. Would you say your clients skew more on the mortal side or vampire? Right now, it seems to be about 50-50. There's no experience with vampires having therapists who are available from other vampires. Very few, like, mental health in this kind of field outside of let's put them in an asylum, the very negative, uh, problematic views of the past. That tends to be the only experience most vampires have had with mental health, so they haven't really trained in more recent techniques in the last 20-ish years. It's a new field. So I'm kind of all that's available. Uh, also, a lot of the pressures on everyday life are eased in some ways in New Haven. So mortals don't have as many problems. They're not stressed about bills. They're not stressed about how they're going to put food on the table. Now, you're all that's available. Your clientele is about a 50-50 split, mortal and vampire. If I were to... If I were to say to you that I think you might be conducting some kind of blood brokerage between your kindred clients who give you money and your mortal clients who give you blood, you give the money over to them and you take a cut for yourself, what would you say to that? I'd point out that I don't charge for my services, so I don't know where you'd think I was getting the money from. From your kindred clients is what I'm saying. I, I, but what I'm saying is I don't charge anyone for services. I came to New Haven so that I could support people for free. I'm not talking about your therapy services. I'm talking about your blood services. Oh. The services that William has accused you of conducting in your office. Yeah, I don't do that. You're denying that then? Yes. All right. Have I gotten anything from her at this point? You were sensing nothing, which is okay. which is fascinating. Um, no, nothing seems to be compelling her in any way that you're aware of. Nothing on okay. her person has any sort of ritual significance. She doesn't have any blood on her outside of her body. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like she is herself as a mortal in this room. But she's kind of shady. Got it. Okay. We'd like a copy 
of your client list, Miss Bellevue. Yeah, I can. Uh, do you want me to write it out for you now? What's the the best way to do this? Um, she'll kind of look to Everett and uh, say, um, no, we'd prefer to go with you while you get your actual client list, just to make sure that everybody's on it. Okay. Is that at your office? Yes. Where in your I- office? Mm. Okay, if you want the list of current clients, it's at my office. If you want the list of historical clients, it is at my home. Where in your office and where in your home? See, I will need to go with you because there are also files on those clients that I do not give police access to because of privacy concerns. Well, just take the list. Don't worry. We have no interest in the people. Okay, let's let's roll on that. That's an interesting, <laughs> that's an interesting, an interesting one there. Uh, that will be, I would say, manipulation. Mm. And <laughs> maybe subterfuge. Yeah, manipulation and subterfuge. Uh, three. Three success. Yeah, uh... My client, I believe you, but I don't think my clients would be cool with me just letting you go into my files and take things out because dealing with paranoia about a place that functionally has none of the traditional laws doesn't inspire faith in uh, the sheriff's department. Uh, Evangeline will just kind of motion to Everett for like an aside conversation. Yeah, Everett's actually just about ready to bring everyone but Rosemary out of this interrogation room for just a discussion. Um, so I think Everett would stand up and say, uh, Ms. Ville, you, you'll have to excuse us. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Everyone, let's head out for a moment. Okay. Uh, and you all head outside and close the door. She's not being completely honest about something. It's hard to tell what. But yeah, she's I'm- not on the level. I'm getting a general lack of cooperation vibe, but she's being real pleasant and reasonable about it, which generally the people that I talk to are pretty keyed up on, you know, committing crime, doing murders, that kind of thing. I think honestly, like if we bring her to her office, we can go through the files. She can observe us to see that we're not like looking through patient records, but she also might, you know, inadvertently... Set everything Shh. on fire? No. Um, she. Hmm. No, we'll, we'll watch her. We'll, you know, keep a very close eye on her and observe her. And she might reveal, you know, if there's like, if she has something hidden or there's like a safe somewhere. You know, just like people tend there's... to like look to, uh, you know, things that they don't want to show. There's a couple more things I want to try before we head out for that list. Uh I was thinking we bring Mr. Walker out of holding, put him in Barry's office so we can see Miss Bellevue through the two-way mirror, start talking to him while she's talking. You know, she's denying any kind of involvement. That puts the heat back on him. You know, if he was actually not being truthful with us, this is an opportunity for us to show that we're calling his bluff. And if she's lying to us about not knowing anything, maybe him seeing her 
deny any involvement, get a little more information out of him to save his own skin. What do you think of that? Devious. It's a good idea. Well, thank you, Officer Barbara. You're welcome. This whole thing fucking stinks. I feel like it's just trying to distract us from something, but I don't know what the fuck else to do. Well, the blood shortage is real. This is our only lead so far. Is there a possibility that she's just trying to, like, keep talking? She's giving really long answers. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's just trying to distract us while someone cleans out her office. Oh, I shit. I was just about to suggest that. <laughs> All right. Val, you want to head out to the office and take care of anyone who's cleaning it out? And, uh, Officer Clark, you want to go with her? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All Officer right. Barbara, I think you should do your special brand of questioning with, uh, Miss Bellevue, and I'll, uh, I'll bring in Mr. Walker to the two-way mirror. Let him know that she is going to be completely honest with you. Right. Sounds like fun. All right. Everyone be careful. Stay on the radio. If anything happens, I want to hear about it. You got it, Sheriff. Two of you are driving off into the distance, Val and Evangeline. Is there anything you were discussing in the car ride along the way? Clark. Val points at the radio. Show me how the fuck to work this. Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> what, what do you want? Like, it's not it's a men- this. There's a menu. You just <laughs> you so choose much classical music. <laughs> You choose the genre. Like, she's just like, Evangeline just goes through the menu. Evangeline, (laughs) you try to go through the menu. Uh, Could you roll me an intelligence and technology? (laughs) How formidable is this console? (laughs) (laughs) We've established Val can't figure it out, which means it's somewhat complicated. Four successes. Okay, Evangeline can make the whole thing work however (laughs) she wants. Perfect. At this point, Evangeline's clever enough that she can make the like those those you know you get those like one two three four five six buttons. She can pro- like program those to be what you want, Val. So you will have the equivalent of speed dial on your Sirius oh, XM. Perfect That's it. speed <laughs> dial for your speed metal. <laughs> it's definitely just like classic hard rock boom, and then Val's just like, oh. <laughs> and then we can drive to the place. All right. So what I'm thinking is like. Why were there two people waiting for one therapist? I mean, maybe that one mm. guy could have been like super early, but what if one or both of them was actually there as like, I don't know, waiting for something like this to happen? Shit. Could be. All right. Bell speeds up. Bell speeding <laughs> there. <laughs> All right. You are racing there. Meanwhile, back at the interrogation. Uh, William, Wa- so who is going in? To- who's talking to William and who's talking to Rosemary? I'm I'm talking to Rosemary. And I have William Walker. Great. Everett, is there anything you would say to William Walker as you put him in the two-way mirror in a room with Barty who's like, oh, I'll fucking leave. Uh, and he just gets out. <laughs> Thanks, Bart. Um, <laughs> Everett would say, uh, um, Mr. Walker, based on the information you gave to us in your confession, we have brought Miss Bellevue in for interrogation. Okay. So far, she's been uh, denying your uh, story. She says she has nothing to do with your transaction whatsoever. 
That's because she's one of those lying mortals, not like you and me. Well, I'm bringing you here to show you what her answers are like, and if I we're going to compel her to speak the truth the way us vampires can. Oh, I don't want to watch that. Vampires. No, you're going to. Okay. And if her answers don't align with the story you told us, you're going to be in big trouble. Big trouble with the sheriff of New Haven. Do you understand? You don't need to threaten me. I've got immunity. I'm not threatening you. I am, I am telling you the literal sequence of events that will happen <laughs> if I find out you are lying. That's how a lot of threats work. Uh, and he's totally <laughs> fucking freaked. Uh, at which point, Doris, you enter the room with Rosemary Bellevue. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're just going to go over some questions again. Can I go to the bathroom? No. Okay. Uh, and then I'm just going to... Uh, do my thing. Just wiggle your fingers. On wiggle my fingers <laughs> now, knowing Doris, there are many things, including making costumes for cats. So, what <laughs> thing are you doing? What you want specificity? Wow. This is the, this is the um, torture we were talking about. Yeah. Oh God! Please stop! No, the costumes. <laughs> I'll so tell you anything. <laughs> I'm going to compel her to tell the truth. Okay. Let's uh, let's get out. The rules on compel. It's um, uh, my charisma and dominate versus her intelligence and resolve. All righty. <laughs> a good roll. Uh, four successes. Hell yeah. Nice. Okay. You crack through the defenses. Mm -hmm. What do you compel? To make it clear, to compel, it has to be. A, a short sentence, which must be possible to complete in a single turn. So you can't just say, tell the truth mm -hmm. and do the whole thing. But you could ask a question and include mm -hmm. tell the truth. Like, tell me this. As long oh. as the answer is like six to ten seconds, you can force that out of someone. Yeah. Um, Miss Bellevue, tell the truth. Are you... Or any of your associates running a blood exchange between kindred and mortals? Yes. Are you the one doing it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, pfft. if we tell the truth again, Miss Bellevue, you're, you're gonna need if, another compulsion. <laughs> shit! What? What? I thought it lasted for a while. It only lasts a single turn, so it doesn't like any, and you're being actively resisted. Okay. Damn. Yay! We were right. <laughs> Yay, Yay, Doris. <laughs> you got this, Doris. Uh, two successes. Two she successes. She Sick. snaps back out of it. She's like, "This, this should be illegal. This is a nightmare." <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you hurt? Yes. I'm scared. Well, being scared is not the same thing as hurt. Uh, yeah, it actually is. I'm a therapist. You are committing a crime. Sensing the kind of circular nature of the way this therapist talks, <laughs> you just see the mirror kind of shake as someone is knocking on it. <laughs> just, just bam, bam. <laughs> uh, you've also ever, you've got a little radio where you can hit a button for the intercom to speak into the interrogation room. I think I made myself clear, but I can get on there and... and <laughs> Speak if uh, I need to. Yeah, you hear, you hear I, banging on the mirror, Dora. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's gonna look to the mirror, 
Um, <laughs> um, and just kind of look back, trying to keep her face like nothing's going on and just say, uh, thank you for your cooperation, Rosemary. We'll be in touch. And then she just kind of floats out of the room. <laughs> and Rosemary is just freaked the fuck out in there. And William Walker's like, see, I told you, I'm one of you guys. Turn me into a vampire now. I've done so good. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Mr. Walker. Back to your sale now. <laughs> oh, I thought I got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> shoved back in his cell. Uh, meanwhile, back at Be Positive Therapy, Evangeline and Val. Is there a specific way you want to approach? You're pulling around the corner towards Be when, Positive. When Val was in the back, was there another entrance in the back or door or anything? There was that a she door saw? that would allow people to go in and out near where the picnic table was. Yeah. We're we're just gonna turf this grass and park on the side. That's it. and then go around back is I think what Val. Great. Like, cool. Fuck this uh, lady's you... lawn. <laughs> 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 you 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 turf it you shred the lawn you pull around back uh you're there Val will go and if the door is locked we are going to try to pick the lock or destroy the lock <laughs> going Great. in I was this gonna building say, there are two of you and it feels like you have different skill sets for this <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do, do you want to smash the door do you want to pick the lock what's your plan yeah I think she'll just try to pick the lock and see if we can get in easy quiet Great. Uh, can you roll me a dexterity and larceny? Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, so cl- just one success. Oh. The door is unlocked. You may enter. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it was unlocked already. She didn't unlock the front. She didn't lock the front door when she left. Whatever. <laughs> Fine, we're in. <laughs> Looking around, making sure that Clark is next to Val. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. When you get into the office, uh, everything seems normal. You're not seeing anything that stands out to you uh, off the top. However, if you're looking to do a more in-depth search, mm-hmm. then let's give them rolls. Uh, if you could both roll me either, I would accept intelligence and investigation if you're trying to math out what could be different or off about the space, or wits and awareness if you're wandering through just trying to take things in about kind of anything that could be out of place. Okay. Uh, two successes on intelligence and investigation. On wits and awareness, I got four successes. Evangeline, you're looking around the desk trying to see if anything was taken or is missing from the files, if there was anything that could have been boosted. You're not seeing anything that suggests that. It seems like the desk is relatively untouched. Uh, Val, however, as you are wandering through the space, you realize that they still have uh, the the weird kind of like green red button dangling thing off mm. to one side, even though there are no hoists currently in the space. Uh, you press the green button and a portion of the laminate floor rises up, wow. revealing a staircase that goes down. All right. Yeah. Well, get back on the radio. Sheriff, are you free? Uh, Yeah, we just wrapped up a quick bit of questioning here. What's going on? Get the fuck over here. We found a basement, hidden fucking basement in this goddamn place. What, at the, at the office? Yeah. All right, I'm on my way. Bart! <laughs> 
I just want to make it clear to Bart that we are holding Miss Bellevue, but she is under no circumstances to speak to William Walker. <laughs> I don't want to keep two suspects, one of which has clear, like, mental authority over the other yeah. <laughs> to, like, talk to each other. Yeah, just so, put them in a cell side by side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they come up with a rock-solid alibi together. Uh, no, um... <laughs> So uh, just uh, if Bart is is around, um, Everett would just say, uh, we're keeping Miss Bellevue here, but she's staying in the interrogation room. Cover to the table. We'll be back shortly. She's not under any circumstances to speak with anyone. Do you understand? Yeah, that's fine. No phone calls. Standard vampire bullshit. Okay, I'll try. I'll lock her down. All right. Thanks a lot, Bart. <laughs> no problem. Good luck. Uh, and you head out uh, with Doris. Yeah, for sure. With Doris. Yeah. Uh Val and Evangeline, you are standing over the stairs that lead down into the darkness below B Positive Therapy. Are you going to wait for the others, or are you going to head in? Evangeline would be inclined to investigate it. Oh, well, Val was trying to be good and wait, but if Evangeline <laughs> <laughs> looks like she's interested. So the two of you head into the darkness. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards, Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain. Nithrian, Garbo Ape. Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.